Thank you so much, Adam. And it, the weather is certainly the news this morning. In addition to the Packers game today, we're going to talk about all of it today. But joining us right now is Storm Team 4 meteorologist Brendan Johnson. And, Brendan, let's talk about that windchill advisory because it is mm. deadly out there this morning. Yeah, wind chills uh, are definitely something that we are keeping a very close eye on. Uh, the wind chill advisory uh, was extended early this morning out to noon on Monday to cover those wind chills, which could dip as low as minus 30 degrees. And actually, I've seen a couple places, uh, Burlington, Lake Geneva, dip to as low as minus 33, minus 34 at times. Uh, right now, the wind chill in Milwaukee is minus 22. It only takes as little as 30 minutes for frostbite to develop on exposed skin and that is the conditions right now and we're going to hold on to this trend unfortunately all the way until probably first part of wednesday and i know that's affecting a lot of homes as as adam just said we've got thirty-eight thousand homes without power in the area right now Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of snow out there what were some of those snowfall totals that we saw over the last 48 hours yeah, so 10.1 inches was the storm total in the city of Milwaukee. Uh, actually brings us up to just over 19 inches if you take into account everything that's fallen since October. Uh, but a lot of uh, snow falling across uh, the area, more than a foot of snow across most of southeastern Wisconsin. And I've seen some totals as high as about 16 inches up towards uh, West Bend. That was an area that was particularly hard hit uh, by some of that snow. Not only did you get the system snow, but also a bit of some lake enhancements. So up towards portions of uh, Ozaukee, Washington counties, uh, portions of Waukesha counties as well. Uh, that is where we saw uh, some of those 15, 16 plus inch amounts. And are we looking at snow at all this week? Or are we just going to be cold? <laughs> so that, that you know, maybe that is the grain of salt that, you know, the good news. There is really no additional snow that we're looking out for, at least any impactful snow. What we could see later in the week, Wednesday, more likely Thursday and Friday, are just some residual very light flurries or light snow showers that kind of rotate around uh, this area of Arctic high pressure. Uh, if we get a little bit of some moisture in the upper levels of the atmosphere, but outside of of that no meaningful precip that's going to cause any issues really the big focus right now is the cold and how long will this last so this uh, current wind chill advisory goes till noon on our Monday. Weather service has already said they're going to have to extend that. It's looking very likely. So the sub-zero wind chills, the sub-zero temperatures, that threat is with us until the first part of Wednesday. By Wednesday afternoon, I'm optimistic we'll get high temperatures above zero into the teens. We may still have some wind chills that are still hovering around <laughs> zero, maybe sub-zero, but at least we're improving. Uh, I am optimistic, though, long-range models showing that we could have above average or 30 degree or higher high temperatures by some point next week. So we do have some time to wait here. Oh, we can't wait for it to get back up in the teens, Brendan. <laughs> it is yes. one chilly morning. <laughs> all right, Melissa, yeah. you stay warm. And thank you so much for joining us. And I know it's Storm Team 4. You're all going to be keeping a very close eye on it, and you'll let us know what's going on. Brendan Johnson from TMJ4. I'm Libby Collins, and we've got a very busy show today. A lot of people are dealing with those power outages, and if you want to share any tips, you can get a hold of us on our WTMJ Talk and Text Line at one 616 We've got Greg Matzik here. He's going to take a look back at the history of the Packers uh, and Cowboys, and also Eric Bilstead has a story about Cowboys fans in Wisconsin. We'll also 
also take a look at the game today with Brandon Snide. Uh, Mark Cass is going to tell you what it will cost to rent an apartment at the Couture. And, boy, those prices are literally through the roof. Matt Miller's with us. He's going to talk about Mean Girls. We're going to look back at the Week in Review. Adam Roberts is in the newsroom, and of course, he's going to update us throughout the morning on all those power outages and weather-related stories. Isaac's pushing buttons, and in just two minutes, it's Matt Sossler and Sports. As TMJ4's Brenda Johnson just told you, it's still very chilly out there. We've got two below at 815 on WTMJ. Chris Middleton went 5 of 5 from the field in the fourth quarter in the Bucks' 129 to 118 win over Golden State. No, Chris was huge. You know, we needed every single point. Um, you know, Chris is Chris. That's what he does, you know, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, he gets a rhythm and he gets going. And uh, I thought he was, uh, you know, having him on the floor as a, a general, you know, and he's calling plays, he's getting us in the right spot, uh, made some big time shots. So, uh, you know, Chris was f- uh, phenomenal tonight. Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin. Middleton finished with 24 points. Giannis led the way with 33. They're back in action tonight against the Sacramento Kings. Coverage on WTMJ starts at 5 with Bucks shoot around. In college, Hoops 15th ranked Wisconsin defeated Northwestern 71-63 to behind 24 points from Max Kleschmidt. They travel to Penn State on Tuesday and Marquette looks to snap a two-game skid tomorrow afternoon when they host Villanova. Tip-off on 94.5 ESPN is scheduled for 1.30. The Packers take on an old friend in today's wild card round. Got so much respect for Mike McCarthy, so much respect for Dan Quinn. You guys know what he means to me in, in my career. And um, John Fossil, I've worked with him in L.A. And I think they got three great leaders right there. And when you couple that with the players they have, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty big task. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur before the Green and Golds contest against former head coach Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. Prior to his time in Dallas, McCarthy led the Packers to nine playoff appearances and a Super Bowl 45 victory. Kickoff in Dallas is scheduled for 3.30. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks so much, Matt. We will be talking about that big game today, and uh, you'll hear some history of the Packers and the Cowboys with uh, Greg Matzik. That's going to happen about 9.50 this morning. We've got a very chilly morning as you're waking up on this Sunday. We've got a wind chill advisory in effect. We're going to tell you about that. We'll have your full forecast. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, we talked with Storm Team 4 meteorologist Brenda Johnson just a few minutes ago, and this wind chill advisory, which is under effect for all of southeastern Wisconsin, is going on until noon tomorrow. It may be extended. Well, that means it's just bitterly cold out there. Uh, we've got that cold air combined with wind gusts up to 30 miles per hour, and it's creating wind chills of 20 to 30 below. So keep that in mind. If you have to go out, uh, just make sure you are covered and and you can limit that time outside. And don't forget your pets. It's going to be rough on those little doggy paws. Uh, Today, our high will be seven degrees. And again, that wind chill could drop as low as 25 below. Um, Tonight, mostly cloudy and frigid. Eight below will be your temperature with a wind chill as low as 30 below zero. Then tomorrow looks mostly cloudy, breezy, and cold, a high of 
four degrees, still very chilly wind chills ranging from 15 to 25 uh, degrees below zero. Tuesday, partly cloudy, breezy, and frigid, high of five degrees. Again, very bad wind chills down to 25 below. Wednesday looks mostly cloudy with a slight chance of flurries and a high of 15 degrees. Again, wind chills 20 below to five below. Those temperatures this morning just frigid. In Mequon, we're showing five below. Racine has four below. Oconom walks at eight below. We have two degrees below zero at 822 on WTMJ. And let's check in with Mark Cass. He is is the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Well, Mark, with all the snow we've experienced the last couple of days, I bet a lot of people who yeah. work downtown wish they lived downtown. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on now, Libby. It's a great thing. People always <laughs> laugh at me, but I say I don't show the snow. So well, I, mean, I get to watch it out my windows, which is good. But a lot more people are going to be moving yeah. downtown, yeah, too, because the couture is going to start with people moving in in April. And you found right. out how much apartments cost there now let's start at the top how yeah, much is it going to cost to rent that penthouse so you're asking probably for yourself right so for the one you and your husband are going to rent it's about twelve thousand a month for the oh top goodness. and there's actually a couple of them you can have two of them you can have one for you and then maybe one for your son what do you think or maybe one for a friend you know i know you libby and i know how generous you are but uh, yeah there are upwards of twelve thousand a month about eleven thousand eight hundred dollars a month for two of them which are some of the highest prices we've ever seen in the downtown there is one in the third ward if you remember that was about twelve thousand or more that rented per month but it was just one so this is at a very high level it's something we're not very used to in milwaukee but you know we're going to see here we're also we're going to probably see in the heinz project but then again, you just go to the building itself in terms of the couture. If you want to live on the fifth floor, let's say, in about a 600 or so square foot unit, you can probably rent that for about 1800 or so a month. But that one wouldn't be facing the lake. That would be facing That would be facing city. west. That would, yeah. well, you'd be looking at an office structure or some sort of like that, no doubt about it. So, and I know you always want the best, so you want to face the lake. So well, I'm going to call like them over there view. today. <laughs> I understand that. So, no, this is really going to change the market. You have this project. You have the Heinz project, as I said, on the high end. And with all the apartments that are being built, there's just a lot of supply out there. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up renting these. Are they all from Milwaukee? Are they coming up from Chicago? What's going on with this? Because it is a very active market now. And as I've been saying all along, some of the older units in town are going to have to upgrade because to compete in the current market or to compete in the market next year is going to be very hard. Well, the amenities in the couture are amazing. Yeah. I mean, they've got, oh, yeah. what, sort of a rooftop? swimming pool with a deck well i wouldn't and call they... it a rooftop it's on the third or fourth floor you're not going to be up oh, on the is that? Floor. Okay. but yeah i mean they have exercise room they have restaurants you have an amazing view of the lake it is going to be the spot in milwaukee i mean the question is who's going to rent them at that level it's a smaller pool and come and will we see money come up from chicago to do that i don't know it's gonna be interesting to watch with that one and the heinz project the heinz project's also on the water right on water street there right overlooking the river there if you want to live on the high end of milwaukee and i know you do there are going to be some great options for you let's talk about the Northridge Mall because yeah. finally there's been a big step to demolish it. When do you think it's going to be torn down? Yeah, there is hope for June of this year. There is some hope now. This thing is slowly moving ahead, kind of as I've been saying all along. We could finally see some action, rip it down, hopefully have it redeveloped sometime this year or next. We'll have to see who comes forward for that project. Obviously, the city really wants it to happen. And I think people are just have had enough with the fires out there, with the security issues out there, really want to see something happen. I think we're getting closer. This is the closest we've ever been to having that mall knocked down in 20 years. I can't believe I'm saying that loud. 20 years before that wow. happened. So I think you'll see something this year. I hope to see some sort of redevelopment out there. I know the mayor and others really want this to happen. 
another thing that I think people are looking forward to is the Baird Center expansion. Yeah. Now that's almost $456 million. million. Almost as much as an apartment in the Couture. Right? Oh, never mind. <laughs> sorry. Wrong story. When are they going to do this? It is on schedule to be completed, substantially completed in March, March, early April. They're planning a huge opening event on the 16th of May. So for those of you who have seen it, it is an amazing addition when you think of what was there before. And that was an open lot. So to have that scouring area, and it's going to be a fourth floor ballroom and then an overlook onto the street with a city view. Just a beautiful addition to the city. Open, plenty of time for the RNC. Opening for some events happening yet in 24. So it's a great addition to the city. And the most important thing is that it's on schedule and on budget. So this is going to be a huge thing in 24 as we look to the future of the city to have that convention center expand. Well, and that's just it. I mean, when people start coming to town this summer for the RNC, I think they're going to be blown away when they see what's happening downtown. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been lucky enough to be inside it a couple times to see the work. It's amazing. It's an amazing change. And you look at what else has happened right by there. I mean, as you and I have talked about Wisconsin Avenue with the food hall, with what's going on at the Avenue, with the new coal store with the MSO project, with Milwaukee Tool, with Rexnord, everything that's happening in that area, it has become, as I've said, the hot area of the city. You add in this expansion project and what it means not only to the city, but the future of our economy as people come to our city and spend more money, it is a huge step forward. And of course, that means more eyes on Milwaukee. And in March, yes. Top Chef is going to debut their Milwaukee season yeah. on favorite Bravo. Story. I just always, I I always want to talk about it because I know how much you love it. Tell me about this restaurant that's yeah. seen a big jump in business since Top Chef was in town. Three brothers. I've not had the honor yet of eating there, but I've heard from others who've ate there who love it. And since a number of the judges ate there and, of course, put it on Twitter, put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, talked about it, the restaurant, which always was very well-known, is now even more well-known and is getting just lots of people there. It's packed every night, and a big part of it is what they attribute to Top Chef. And this is what the city planners had hoped for when this show came here. It hasn't even aired yet, and you're already seeing some spinoff effect. So I think what the hope is, and I think it's already showing, that come March and April and May when the show is on the air and it's showcasing Milwaukee, it's showcasing our restaurants, it's showcasing our lakefront. All those restaurants are going to see a great boost. Maybe if you're watching the show in Atlanta, you're watching a show in Austin, you're watching a show in LA, you're like, man, I need to check out Milwaukee. I need to try some of these restaurants. So I think there's going to be a lot of restaurants who are going to see a nice increase from this. And it's just great for the city. It's great for the exposure to have these well-known people who love food eating in these restaurants, saying great things about our restaurants. It's a win-win. I know if you're going to be watching every show, and you and I are going to probably be analyzing every show because it's going to be so much fun. Can't wait. Finally, this week, the Milwaukee Business Journal released its 40 under 40 winners for 2024. Yeah. And I'm so happy to say I know one of them personally. Oh, yeah. It is Melanie Ricks from our yeah. sister station, The she, Truth. And certainly yep. she deserves that honor, as do the other 39 on that list. Yeah, this is a fun thing we do every year. It's our 31st year of this. And every year there's 300 more nominations. It's a lot of hard choices. But in the end, I think this is one of the most important things we as newspaper do is we honor our up and coming leaders. I think it's so important to recognize them as, you know, as we've seen some of our older leaders grow older and or unfortunately pass away, you need new leadership. And what we're holding up here are examples. And they're in all industries, whether it's healthcare, whether it's the arts, whether it's real estate, and they live in all areas of the region, whether it's Milwaukee, out in Kenosha. It's just showing these examples. And the thing that I'm amazed with every year, Libby, is how many, I could pick 80, but I can't because the name of the program is 40 under 40. So I can only pick 40. There are a lot of great leaders up and coming in our city, and it just grows every year. Not only Rex, who's doing a fantastic job, both for the truth and for the bucks. Others who are leading real estate companies. There's one individual who's working on research out the medical college who are saving lives. I mean, I can't think what I was doing before 40. I wasn't saving lives, that's for sure.
So there are a lot of people <laughs> doing great things in our region. I just love this list every year because it really shines a spotlight on them. And it's cool for me to look back. And we do a Hall of Fame now, Libby. I don't know if you know that, where we honor four individuals a year who are over 40, of course, now, who've gone on to great things. They've become the big names for our city. So to me, you have to look at this program to see who the future leaders are and to see that we're in really good hands. And we have wind chill advisories in effect. We're got uh, an update on those power outages in about two minutes with Adam Roberts in the WTMJ Newsroom. I'm Libby Collins, almost constant weekend morning news. What a week it was. We had a proposal for medicinal marijuana. The pack punched their playoff tickets, and winter puts Wisconsin in a vice grip. There's so much more. It's the Week in Review, brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. So I, I know a little bit about cows. One of the things that I know is they eat a lot of grass, which is fiber. So, of course, if you eat a lot of fiber, what happens, Jessica? Some you gassy get a little things. gassy. They're going to create a food additive to improve cows' digestion. So, hopefully, they won't be burping as much. That's definitely a, a creative solution to the problem. <laughs> Not much to do in green bags that watch football. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> Let's go left in. Jones got the first down to lock it up. That'll send Green Bay into the postseason. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Not bloody likely. <laughs> Alright, so what do you think of the weather? It sucks. I hate the snow. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. WTMJ Fleet Farm Storm Team Alert. All of Southeast Wisconsin under a winter storm warning. This low pressure system tracks right up just passing down to our south. I think we're going to see dramatically different conditions. Six to ten inches of accumulations. Round two. I'm watching a storm system for Friday into Saturday. If we get hit with this one, it could be even bigger. Milwaukee's Mitchell International Airport was pretty quiet at 10 o'clock this morning. Delays and cancellations were starting. Unfortunately, our flight this morning was canceled and we don't have a flight until tomorrow. It looks like a winter wonderland in Waukesha. Six, seven inches already on the ground and more coming down. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a big snowstorm. Hope for the best. And uh, we'll see what happens. And now for something completely different. What we're proposing today is not a panacea. Five dispensaries would be spread across the state under the proposal, which would be run by the state as opposed to the private sector. It can become like the wild, wild west out there. and We didn't want that to happen here. The Milwaukee Bucks and Good Karma Brands today announced a new first-of-its-kind audio broadcasting platform, Bucks Plus. You could think about your 30 for 30s. You could think about the last dance with Michael Jordan. Take that into an audio world, and that's really what we're trying to create. Mayor of Glendale responding to reports that the new Milwaukee city sales tax of 2% has been erroneously applied to some suburban businesses. Mayor Brian Kennedy says his office has collected hundreds of examples of residents being charged the incorrect sales tax. If a president of the United States does not have immunity... He'll be totally ineffective. Yeah, I've been immunized. Closure for a Milwaukee family whose home was shot at multiple times by a stranger last January. I let emotions get in the way and it just happened so fast. And I knew there was a camera there. Uh, and I apologize. This woman bought that house to raise her daughter and her grandchildren, right. to give them a safe Haven. Bizarre conclusion to a police chase when a Milwaukee police car and the SUV it was pursuing 
Both ended up in a creek this morning. The SUV losing control and ending up in the lake. Police followed them down into the lake and then arrested two 17-year-olds. Things should be normal at the creek now, but <laughs> a bizarre morning near 44th and Congress. Don't turn this into a drinking game. Hey there, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. And the Week in Review is brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. There's a wind chill advisory that's in effect till at least noon Monday that may be extended. Expect those wind chills to be as low as 30 degrees below zero. Our high today is going to be 7 degrees. We've got two below at 843 on WTMJ. Andre Jackson Jr. notched his first NBA double-double in the Bucks' 129-118 win over Golden State. Uh, he made big-time plays. Uh, you know, he's a big-time player, man. He was a winner in college, uh, has a motor like I haven't seen in a long time, uh, imposes his will on, on the game. I mean, he just made big-time plays. He made winning plays. That's who, who Dre is. So, you know, I think it was his first double-double. Uh, we needed, you know, every uh, rebound. He has six offensive rebounds. He's guarding uh, the best player on the other side. Uh, so he, you know, he's shaping into being, you know, a really, really special player in this league. Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin, Jackson finished with 10 points and 10 rebounds. Up next, the Bucks host the Kings tonight. Coverage on WTMJ starts at five with Bucks shoot around. In college hoops, 15th ranked Wisconsin defeated Northwestern 71 to 63 behind 24 points from Max Kleschmidt. They travel to Penn State on Tuesday, and Marquette looks to snap a two-game skid tomorrow afternoon when they host Villanova. Tip-off on 94.5 ESPN is scheduled for 1.30. The Packers go for their fourth win in a row when they take on the Dallas Cowboys in today's wildcard round. Yeah, I, mean, I think that plays a big part in it. Um, you know, I think, like I said, we've been playing uh, some of our best ball. We've been getting better every week um, and have won some important games that we've had to win these past couple weeks. So, um, you know, I think we're rolling right now, and we're going to carry that momentum going forward in the playoffs. Packers quarterback Jordan Love on the injury front. Defensive back Jair Alexander and wide receiver Christian Watson are listed as questionable. Running back A.J. Dillon is doubtful and wide receiver Romeo Dobbs is expected to play. This afternoon's kickoff from Dallas is scheduled for 3.30. I'm Matt Sosler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. We are under a wind chill advisory in all of southeastern Wisconsin. That's going to continue until at least noon tomorrow. That could be extended. Uh, today, our high temperature is only going to be about 7 degrees. That wind chill is going to range to as low as 25 below zero. More the same tonight. Temperatures dropping to about 8 below. And tomorrow, we might get up to about Four degrees, and again, dangerous wind chills throughout the next couple days. Port Washington has one below. Hartford is at eight below. Cudahy has six below, and we have two degrees below zero at WTMJ at 849. And in just a couple minutes, we'll be joined by Matt Miller. If uh, you don't have power and you're wondering how to watch the Packers, he may have a suggestion or two for you. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. My name is Regina. 8.51, two degrees below zero. Let's check in with media critic and pop culture editor at OnMilwaukee.com. It's Matt Miller and Matt 
that's music from Mean Girls. I want to get to that in just a couple minutes. But the big story today, in addition to the weather, is definitely that Packers and Cowboys matchup. But we've got about 38,000 people out there without power uh, who I'm sure are going to be looking for places to go to see the game. So what suggestions do you have for them? Yeah, we have a full guide of sports bars around Milwaukee on onmilwaukee.com. But, you know, Stenny's is always a great sports bar to check out. Uh, That's always a great spot for a big game. Uh, The Mecca in Deer District is always very good as well. They have that huge, giant screen. Uh, I'm sure that'll be taken up by the Packers and Cowboys today, even if there is a Bucks game tonight. Uh, yeah, those are two that come immediately to mind. I, I know a lot of uh, places like uh, Puddlers, I know, does kind of Packers stuff on specials, uh, tends to do some. Uh, the Brick is also another spot. So those are some places uh, that I would probably check out. Like I said, there's a whole sports bar guide on, on Milwaukee.com, uh, and hopefully a bunch of those places can help you out if you don't have power for the big game today. Related to that, and I know we don't have a lot of Chiefs fans around southeastern Wisconsin, but there is a big controversy about that game last night only being shown on Peacock. Do you think this is the future of of the NFL on TV? This is the future of live sports, you know. I this is the streaming future we all asked for, you know. Uh, it's. I think it's disappointing for some people, but yeah, a lot of these streaming services, especially ones that aren't Netflix and, you know, aren't these kind of monolith ones, one of the ways they're going to really try to survive is by bringing in live sports and making things must-see on those streaming services. I will say, for people complaining about getting Peacock, A, it's pretty cheap. It's only $6 a month, which uh, is pretty good by the standards of streaming services these days, and also... I would say Peacock is one of the better streaming services out there. Me and my wife did a streaming purge. We used to have them all. We cut them in half. Peacock made the list. They've got a really good library of movies. They're going to have Oppenheimer in a month uh, for its streaming debut. They have live sports. I I tend to find Peacock one of the better ones. So I, I I would actually get Peacock if I was people out there and maybe ditch something like a Disney Plus. You mentioned Oppenheimer and Peacock. Will you have to pay additional to see that? Because I think that's what happened with, was it Apple with a couple of the big movies that were just released? Um, Flower, what, what is the Scorsese movie? Killers of the Flower that, Moon, yeah. Yeah, so but you had to that, pay like 20 bucks to see it, and you were already subscribing to Apple. Well, that's because it wasn't uh, new on streaming yet. That was its rental period. That was That's the price of renting that movie, whereas it hadn't hit the actual streaming service yet. It's very confusing and very cumbersome, but no, you'd be able to watch Oppenheimer totally peacock with a subscription, obviously. Uh, so not totally free, but you don't have to pay extra to watch Oppenheimer when it debuts. I believe February 16th was the date that I was given, but yeah, next month it'll finally hit streaming. All right, let's talk about movies. Uh, I, w- I am a huge Tina Fey fan. I saw the movie Mean Girls, the original one with Lindsay Lohan. I, I really enjoyed it because, well, I shouldn't say I enjoyed it. I, I had flashbacks to my own middle school years. <laughs> but uh, now it, it was on Broadway as a musical. Now it's coming. Now it's on film as a musical. How does it compare to the original film? 
poorly, I would describe. I would really? say that it poorly, yeah. It, I don't know why this movie exists, because frankly, it's pretty much the same movie. There's not really that much different other than the musical numbers, and the musical numbers aren't great. There's some creativity stuff going on, but honestly, a lot of the time it feels like a parody music video as opposed to an actual reimagining of this movie and the big thing is like a lot of the jokes in the movie they're just the same as the original so much of the plot and the script and the jokes are all just carbon copies but not as funny and not as interesting and not as and not as surprising and as fun as the original so you're i i sat there in that theater being like i remember mean girls being funny and i'm not laughing at any of these references because it's like oh this is the moment when they make the joke about she doesn't even go here. Like, it, it just feels like, I don't know why this movie exists, <laughs> other than, you know, <laughs> they had an opportunity to put Mean Girls back in theaters, and lo and behold, it is. And it's going to make money this weekend. But I just, I can't imagine someone choosing this version of Mean Girls over the original. And I, I got to say, you said Lindsay Lohan, we, you know, we, we criticize her and stuff like that, but... She's really good in the original Mean Girls at playing the least interesting character, but being interesting. And mm -hmm. this Mean Girls does not have that. The, I love really? the, the lead actress. She's really good in The Nice Guys with Ryan Gosling and, and Russell Crowe. But in this one, she just does not register as a particularly interesting person. And so you kind of just don't care about what's going on. Well, you had a lot of the actresses who were in that original, Amanda Seyfried and Rachel McAdams, I mean, they've, and Lindsay Lohan, certainly they've gone on to further careers. You don't see that with anybody in the current cast? I, I think there's a lot of talent in this cast. Uh, the, 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 Renee Rapp, who plays the Regina George character, I think she's a lot of fun. I don't know if, the, it, 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 arguably, she makes Regina George less villainous this time around, which kind of is confusing since the, the movie kind of doesn't do much with that and doesn't do much with like the different time and different generations. I think she's got talent. I think uh, one of the people who plays the, the kind of, not goth, but kind of, you know, uh, artsy friends was the voice of Moana in the uh, animated Moana, and she's really kind of, you know, got a spark in it as well. The performances aren't the problem. It's just that the movie is the identical same, just with musical numbers that don't do much. And again, you watch it, it feels a lot like the live-action Lion King movie that came out a few years ago, where it's just like, this is just a less exciting version of the movie we all like. Why would I well, watch just. I'll just have to wait for it on Peacock. Uh, hey, Matt, it is always great to hear from you. And again, we can check out places to see that Packers game. If you don't have power, it's on Milwaukee.com. Thank you so much, and you stay warm this weekend. You as well. I'm Libby Collins. Coming up after the news, we're going to talk a little bit about Adam, or we're going to talk a little bit with Adam Roberts about some of these power outages, what people are doing to deal with it, and also other related stories. And also more next hour on the Packers, that big game going on against the Cowboys today. Adam, with this wind chill and the snow that we had the other day, I know a lot of people are still without power. Heard from somebody a little while ago who said that they, even though their power is back on, they were without it for 30 hours. They're hooked up to a, a community well in their subdivision. And for whatever reason, that's not powered up yet. 
so they're without water still, even though they have heat. And, you know, here's the thing. And I've, I've been hearing from a lot of friends um, who are without power. And, you know, a lot of people are fortunate enough they were able to go to friends or to relatives or even check into hotels to get warm. But there are still a lot of people without those resources, and we've got a list of warming centers for them. That's right. WTMJ.com is where you'll find it. I've added a list from 211. If you enter your local municipality, you should be able to find the closest warming center to you. And Libby, was something else I've been thinking about, we heard from uh, both Brendan Conway and then Dave Megna in the news from We Energy is talking about the unique challenges trying to get these uh, people back their power. And the thing I think about is how a lot of the area, especially outside of Milwaukee, the roads were hit with 12-plus inches of snow, and then immediately behind it, we got the cold air as well. So unlike with Tuesday, where you maybe had 6 to 8 inches, but then the weather stayed in the 30s, so there was the salt was able to act much quicker with this, they're encountering high amounts of snow that immediately gets compacted. And if you've seen the end of your driveway where it's that black, chunky, icy snow, imagine that being all over the side streets. And then you factor in that they don't have big trucks available to go everywhere, too. So the fact that we still sit here with about 35,000 customers without power, about 48 hours removed from the storm is pretty incredible. Well, and, and let me tell you about our personal experience. We just, shout out to our partner, J&B Construction, because we just had them redo our flat roof, which is over our garage. And we contracted with them to clear off snow throughout the winter. And thank heaven we did. They were out there yesterday. And there was about 12 inches of snow that they took off the roof. And people with flat roofs out there, keep that in mind. If you can get somebody up there to safely remove it with the, I guess, the, the, the weight of a lot of this snow now turning to ice, that is going to wreak havoc on a lot of areas um, up there where you can't necessarily reach it. And it, it, this is just a really dangerous situation for a lot of people. That's right. And of course, we heard from Brendan Johnson earlier this morning here on Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News. And this cold's not going anywhere. Uh, It is locked in. Of course, they're dealing with it all across the Midwest right now. We've got the big caucuses coming up tomorrow. Uh, I mentioned in the news that that's going to be impacted by the weather, specifically because you have to vote during a certain time during those caucuses rather than a primary where you have, you know, seven in the morning till 8 Mm -hmm. p.m., those votes have to be taken in, and so those are going to be impacted as well, and we'll see those results probably Tuesday morning. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. One more thing about the weather, Adam, and, and some of the problems that people are having with power and with um, these special crews coming in. Now, what are you hearing from We Energies on that? Because that, there are some people that they can't figure out why they don't have power right now. Right, and that's kind of the tricky thing because, you know, you know as well as I do, uh, when you have an outage in your area, typically whether it's Spectrum or whether it's we, your text communication on your phone is critical because that'll give you the most accurate, up-to-date information. And, you know, because a lot of people are saying that those texts have not been coming or they're sort of, Mm -hmm. oh, this message came, but it's outdated by a few hours. So there's a lot of that going on as well, which is making for an all more confusing situation, especially in those rural areas. 
Yeah. Well, and there's some that are still in the city. I know there's 168 homes in Elm Grove that are still without power, and they've brought in some special crews to address that. So, Adam, I know you are on top of this story, and you'll have more throughout the day. Thank you so much for spending a little extra time with us. It is 914 on WTMJ. We're two degrees below zero. Wind chills feeling like about 22 below out there. It is cold, and you are just a minute away, or two minutes away from Matt Sosser and Sports right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Chris Middleton went 5 of 5 from the field in the fourth quarter in the Bucks' 129 to 118 win over Golden State. No, Chris was huge. You know, we needed every single point. Um, you know, Chris is Chris. That's what he does, you know, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, he gets a rhythm, he gets going, and uh, I thought he was, uh, you know, having him on the floor as a, a general, you know, and he's calling plays, he's getting us in the right spot, uh, made some big time shots. So, uh, you know, Chris was uh, phenomenal tonight. Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin, Middleton finished with 24 points. Giannis led the way with 33. They're back in action tonight against the Sacramento Kings. Coverage on WTMJ starts at 5 with Bucks shoot around. In college, Hoops 15th ranked Wisconsin defeated Northwestern 71-63 behind 24 points from Max Kleschmidt. They travel to Penn State on Tuesday and Marquette looks to snap a two-game skid tomorrow afternoon when they host Villanova. Tip-off on 94.5 ESPN is scheduled for 1.30. The Packers take on an old friend in today's wild card round. Got so much respect for Mike McCarthy, so much respect for Dan Quinn. You guys know what he means to me in, in my career. And um, John Fossil, I've worked with him in L.A. And I think they got three great leaders right there. And when you couple that with the players they have, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty big task. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur before the Green and Golds contest against former head coach Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. Prior to his time in Dallas, McCarthy led the Packers to nine playoff appearances and a Super Bowl 45 victory. Kickoff in Dallas is scheduled for 3.30. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. We are still under that wind chill advisory. Temperatures are mostly below zero throughout southeastern Wisconsin. We'll have your forecast right after this. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. All of southeastern Wisconsin is under a wind chill advisory. This is going to continue through at least noon tomorrow. It will probably be extended. We're only expecting to be around 7 degrees for a high today. Tonight down to 8 below. And tomorrow and Tuesday our high is only going to be around 4 or 5 degrees. Currently in Port Washington we have 1 below. Brookfield's at 5 below. Uh, Oak Creek has 5 below and we have 1 below in WTMJ at 922. The following is a paid presentation. Advice and opinions expressed during the Sunday sip are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee LLC. Welcome into the Sunday Sip on 620 WTMJ. Greg Matzik here with my friend Nick Faluca. He is part of the Palermo's Pizza family. You've heard me talking about Palermo's for a number of years. Well, they've been a staple in Wisconsin celebrating their 60th anniversary. Nick, congratulations on that success. It's a great family-run business. 
and you've got a great role within the company, Chief Product and Innovation Officer at Palermo's. Yes, thanks for having me here. It's an honor to be in business for 60 years in the great state of Wisconsin, city of Milwaukee, so it's truly an honor. You have a fun title. It looks great on a business card, I'm sure. That it is, To me, this means you get to try stuff, you get to see what works, what doesn't work, and in the process, develop your incredible line of frozen pizzas. Yeah, the title, it's definitely an interesting one. You know, part of it is product, you know, just having really cool, innovative new products, but also it's innovation in everything we do at work. And so it's not just being happy with the status quo, it's always improving and making things better. So that's where the innovation part comes into it. Well, celebrating its 60th year in business, Palermo's, how did it start, Nick? And how did it become a thing that you now do and call a career? Yeah, so my grandparents came over from Palermo, Sicily, hence the name Palermo's Pizza, in the 1950s. In 1964 is when they um, started their bakery in Milwaukee's east side, Palermo Villa. And then in 1979, we finally got into frozen pizza, and we've been making amazing frozen pizzas ever since. My grandfather and my grandmother, who's still alive today, my grandfather passed away a while ago, but you know, I think there's a couple things that really have stood out to us and really make us special. I think one, it's that customer intimacy. It's treating that customer like they're, they're special. And the second is really, really great pizza and really great food products. The third is treating your employees great. And those three things we continue to do today. And that's why I believe we continue to stay successful. So what did you learn that made you so good at your job now, you know, developing and growing through a, a family business? Because you were around this before. I think you were even legally allowed to have a job. Yeah, pizza is pretty much uh, all I know. Pizza is all I've been doing for my entire career. And so, I mean, there's been a ton of learnings. I think one of them is is understanding what the consumer wants and making sure that you're delivering the product that's for them. Because if it's just what I like, well, I think some people might like it, but really it's about what does that consumer like and finding out the best product and price point for them. Well, and I guess it's why you develop so many different brands and varieties, right? Some are overflowing with toppings like Screamin' Sicilian. Some are a little more mindful indulgence, we call it, like the Primo Thin. My wife likes thin crust. I like a little more Neapolitan crust. You have to answer the demand of the consumer. Absolutely. And I think that the demands change over the years. You have some some years where people are you know, more focused on health and wellness, and you have some years where people just want indulgence. And I think we've learned a lot that, that a one-size-fits-all doesn't really work in this industry. Nick Faluca is the Chief Product and Innovation Officer at Palermo's Pizza. All right, so what is it for you? Is it about the sauce, or is it about the toppings and crust? It's about the crust for me. I mean, your base is your canvas, and a great crust is our canvas, and we put a lot of pride and effort into making that great crust. And we have different crusts for different occasions. And so for us, for me, that's the number one. Ideal crust for you is what? I'd say like a medium thick crust. Um, In general, my favorite style of pizza is like a New Haven, New York style. So kind of like that medium thin, that's my go-to. So which of the Palermo's brands best exemplifies your favorite style of pizza? Scream of Sicilian, hands down, exemplifies my favorite style of pizza. It's it's like a medium thickness, stone-fired crust made with tons of butter. I get a nice crisp bottom, but a nice you know tender middle. Okay, so that is my favorite too, hands down. And my wife swears by the Primo Thin. She just likes the thin crust and thinks it's, it's hard to find a great one. But you've got stuff in between. You've had a partnership with you know, Stranger Things, Netflix with a Surfer Boy pizza that has all these crazy toppings. Your job in your role as an innovator is to try and seek out these opportunities, push the limits a little bit. That's got to be incredibly fun. It's really fun. It's, it's always coming up with new ideas. And again, it's, it's looking at 
the best-selling pizza is always going to be a pepperoni pizza for the most part, or sausage if you're in you know in the Midwest. But I mean, you can't just keep having you know, 10, 11, 12 pepperoni and sausage pizzas. You have to come up with new ideas. But also knowing that those are going to be the best-selling pizzas in the market. And so it's that fine line between new innovation, unique innovation, but also what is going to sell the most pizzas because at the end of the day, that's what we do is we, we sell pizzas. And Palermo's proudly made in Milwaukee, right in the Menominee Valley, on your way to the ballpark if you take Canal Street over that way. I've been by the facility a number of times. I have to ask you a question about scalability because as you grow and evolve and meet the demands of consumers nationwide, how do you ensure the quality is there as you get bigger? That's not easy for every company to do. I think you know it's creating really good processes that, that ensure that when you're developing a new product, that you build those processes at the very beginning. And so it's not just coming up with an idea and saying, oh yeah, we can make it once in the lab and, and make sure it's fine. But every pizza we make, it's line trials and it's test production runs. And it's doing it multiple times to make sure that that unique crust can be made over and over again. And one of those items that uh, we launched recently, which is really fun, is our, our new Screaming Sicilian Tavern style. We scoured all of Southeast Wisconsin for the best restaurant tavern pizza. And then we said, you know what? We are going to make the best ultra-thin crust tavern pizza. And it sounds easy. Oh, just a really thin crust. You put some toppings on, and there you go. You got yourself a frozen pizza. But because of the thinness of this crust and the delicate nature of it, we had to do so many different line trials to find just the right balance of thinness and crispiness. And then the toppings that go on it, if you put too much, it might get soggy. Not enough, it doesn't eat well. And so, again, that project was probably a very long process to get it just right. Not just that we did it once in the lab, but that can be done over and over again. It sounds like a lot of visits to bars and restaurants in the state of Wisconsin over the course of a year or so. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> a benefit of, of trying the, the best Wisconsin tavern-style pizzas. So. Nick, what does it mean to you to be so deeply involved and rooted in a family business? And your family is still involved every day beyond yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been great. I mean, there's things that... I've gotten to learn that I would have never learned anywhere else other than being in a family business. You have your ups and your downs and, you know, your conversations and arguments, they go from the boardroom to the dinner table and back and forth. But I think that just makes us stronger and makes us closer together by by being able to have those good, tough conversations and being able to work through things. And the good thing is, is that we all share the common goal. So it's not like there's different uh, shareholders who are thinking one thing and the family thinks something else. It's you know, We're very unified in our approach. Nick Faluka is the Chief Product and Innovation Officer at Palermo's. Well, Nick, thank you for joining us. And congratulations, 60 years. Palermo's celebrating their anniversary in 2024. And happy National Pizza Week, my friend. Thank you. It's one below zero at 929 on WTMJ. Welcome back. I'm Libby Collins of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, in addition to all of those power outages and that windshield advisory, the other big story of the day is the Packers. And who'd have thunk they'd be in the playoffs? Well, joining us is uh, WTMJ's Brandon Snide. You know him, of course, from Wisconsin Morning News. And we've also got Kyle Wallace from Kyle Brust and Nortman of 94.5 ESPN. Kyle, I, I, I've got to start with you because... You jumped in Lake Michigan the other day because of this game? Yeah, we sure did. We had our Green Bay playoff plunge. And the, the quick backstory is that I was on vacation, actually, in a very warm climate in uh, Mexico. I was in Mexico. I wasn't in there for the show. I get back to Milwaukee, and my mom tells me, hey, uh, you're supposed to jump in Lake Michigan if the Packers make the playoffs. I said, what? 
I don't think I want to do that. But uh, we, we ended up jumping in Lake Michigan because at the time the Packers were under 500 and they went on a nice little winning streak and bada boom, bada bang, they make the playoffs. And we, uh, we plunge in for a great cause uh, as we raised over $40,000 for guarding against cancer. Um, so it, it, was a, it was a great cause and it was a fun thing to do as well. Aren't you glad you did it on Thursday instead of today? Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, you ain't got to worry about it. If if, it, if today was the day they wanted to plunge in, I would have respectfully said I'm going to hold off and postpone until uh, better weather. <laughs> We've also got WTMJ's Brandon Stein here. Brandon, does it look like Kyle's going to have to jump in again if if uh, the Packers win today? I think so, Libby. I think that's going to be on the schedule uh, for for these coming uh, days following uh, the Packers' victory in Dallas today. Okay, now, Kyle, because I got both of you guys here, ESPN, WTMJ, both represented. Kyle, do you agree with Brandon? Is it going to be a win today? Uh, I, I I can't speak with such conviction as Brandon. He I am a Packer fan, but uh, Brandon is a true Packer backer where he believes the Packers will win today. I do believe that it will be more competitive than some people think it will be, and I think they do have a chance today, especially if they can get the run game going with Aaron Jones and Jordan Love just doing what he's done all season long, especially of late. But I do think there is a chance. I don't, I don't feel as confident as Brandon does, but I do feel good. I'm excited to see what happens today. All right, now Brandon, let let's let's put your money where your mouth is. Would you be willing to jump in the lake if the Packers don't win today? You know what, Libby, I, I will because, and I'll do it better than Kyle did because Kyle's my guy, and so is Tory Lowe. I love T Lowe, but they didn't go underwater. They didn't they didn't duck their head into the lake, Libby. I will swan dive into Lake Michigan if the Packers, which they will. So next week I'll plan on doing it, uh, and I'll do a real dive in the lake for you. No, wait a minute. Let's get this on the record. Kyle, you are a witness. Brandon, you're going to do what? I will I will run and dive like you've seen in Baywatch. You know, you run, dive, jump out in the water. I'll have my Packard, uh, my jersey on, my hat on, whatever, whatever it is to get the Packers a playoff victory today. I will put on the line because I have agendas that I have to make sure happen. Well, Kyle, that, that's a commitment. Uh, Brandon, i got to yeah. hand it to you. <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm walking into the studio right now, I was in my car, and not once during the moment did my heat actually start working in the car. So I know the weather's going to be cold next week. I was listening to Adam Roberts give the update. I will highly suggest that the Packers win. We can just hold off on jumping in, Brandon. I, I, I'll care about your safety. <laughs> Uh, Kyle, I know you got a show to do on ESPN, so I'm going to let you go. But I've got Brandon Stein here from Wisconsin Morning News. And, Brandon, let's give us you, – you really are optimistic on this game today. Tell us what you think is actually going to happen. Well, Libby, it's really – it's been a year. Like, you can go all the way back to the Aaron Rodgers trade. It's been a Packers team that's just fought off adversity every single step. They've checked every box, right? When the Packers traded away Aaron Rodgers, nobody thought that Jordan Love would come in and be a good quarterback. Well, he checked that box. Nobody thought that Matt LaFleur coached a team without a Hall of Fame MVP quarterback. Matt LaFleur checked that box. Nobody thought the youngest team in the NFL were Brian Gunnikins gave up on a lot of those veterans, Randall Cobbs, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis. Nobody thought that Brian Gunnikins could bring in talent and take that team to the playoffs, and Brian Gunnikins checked that box they were three and six at one point two and five at one point nobody thought 
to be able to turn it around and get into the playoffs. Team, check that box. They have fought every adversity, every test that has been brought to them, they have passed. They have been able to overcome. I mean, you're talking about the youngest team in the NFL, the most inexperienced team in the NFL, a first-year starting quarterback, a coach that's coaching uh, not only a first-year starter, but really a brand-new offense. And five to three and six to nine and eight, you're in the playoffs playing some of your best football at the end of the year. They've won three straight games. The offense looks stoppable compared to where we were uh, in the month of October and really all of last year. So I have no reason not to believe they won't, uh, Libby. And, and to be quite frank with you, Cowboys team with high expectations at home, I mean, it just, it's too perfect. That's, that's what happens when, when you put a lot of faith into the Cowboys. They go out in the playoffs and, and end up falling flat on their face like they did a year ago. So, look, it's, you hear the term house money. You know, you hear the term nothing to lose. Uh, these guys don't know. They don't have anything to prove. You know, they don't have – they're not a veteran team. They have, there's no pressure for them to go out and beat Dallas today. They're going to go out and they're going to play ball. And I think they're going to be the better team today because they have been the better team over the last few weeks. Brandon, we only have a minute left. Tell us what your prediction is for that final score tonight. Final score. So I told Brian Noonan this on WTMJ night Friday night. I'm going to stick with it, Libby. 34 to 28. The Packers offense just keeps it going. The defense is going to give up a lot of yards and, and a couple of touchdowns. That's going to be as expected. But Jordan Love is going to keep it going. And, and the future in Green Bay, super bright. This, is, this team hasn't even started to scratch the surface. And they are in the playoffs. And they will advance after today. All right. Well, we will hold you to that. Brandon Snide will be listening tomorrow morning on Wisconsin Morning News. Thanks for joining us. It is 944 on WTMJ. Andre Jackson Jr. notched his first NBA double-double in the Bucks' 129-118 win over Golden State. Uh, he made big-time plays. Uh, you know, he's a big-time player, man. He was a winner in college, uh, has a motor like I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, imposes his will on, on the game. I mean, he just made big-time plays. He made winning plays. That's who, who Dre is. So, you know, I think it was his first double-double. Uh, we needed, you know, every uh, rebound. He has six offensive rebounds. He's guarding uh, the best player on the other side. Uh, so, he, you know, he's shaping into being, you know, a really, really special player in this league. Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin. Jackson finished with 10 points and 10 rebounds. Up next, the Bucks host the Kings tonight. Coverage on WTMJ starts at 5 with Bucks Shootaround. In college, Hoops 15th-ranked Wisconsin defeated Northwestern 71-63 behind 24 points from Max Kleschmidt. They travel to Penn State on Tuesday, and Marquette looks to snap a two-game skid tomorrow afternoon when they host Villanova. Tip-off on 94.5 ESPN is scheduled for 1.30. The Packers go for their fourth win in a row when they take on the Dallas Cowboys in today's wild card round. Yeah, I, mean, I think that plays a big part in it. Um, you know, I think, like I said, we've been playing uh, some of our best ball. We've been getting better every week um, and have won some important games that we've had to win these past couple weeks. So, um, you know, I think we're rolling right now and we're going to carry that momentum going forward in the playoffs. Packers quarterback Jordan Love on the injury front. Defensive back Jair Alexander and wide receiver Christian Watson are listed as questionable. Running back A.J. Dillon is doubtful and wide receiver Romeo Dobbs is expected to play. This afternoon's kickoff from Dallas is scheduled for 3.30. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. It's 9.49 coming up in just a couple minutes. WTMJ's Greg Matzik.
takes a look back at the history of the Green Bay Packers versus the Dallas Cowboys right here on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. All of southeastern Wisconsin is under a wind chill advisory until at least noon tomorrow. We're only going to get up to about 7 degrees today. Currently, we're up to, oh, we got to zero at WTMJ. Well, the Green Bay Packers versus the Dallas Cowboys sounds big, doesn't it? On eight occasions, these two proud and storied franchises have met in the postseason, and each team has won four games. They've rarely had games fallen short of incredible and controversial. WTMJ's Greg Matzik takes a look back. The first game in the calendar year of 1967 was played on January 1st, with the winner advancing to Super Bowl I. Looking to tie the game and send it to overtime, the Cowboys posted up with a fourth and goal from the two-yard line. The Packers sealed the win when Tom Brown intercepted Don Meredith in the end zone. Packers cornerback Herb Adderley recalled. Most of the Packers, we didn't do a whole lot of rah-rah and jumping up and down because there were so many big plays during the season and during our careers. We would spend more time patting each other on the back and jumping up and down than we would, you know, concentrating playing the game. But after the game, uh, you can believe we all kissed Tom Brown at least once. That was the first game of the calendar year 1967. The final game of the calendar year in 1967 was played on December 31st, this time in Green Bay with the winner advancing to Super Bowl II. The stage was set for a game that even before kickoff had earned its nickname, the Ice Bowl. The field grew worse as the game wore on. And it was a skating rink more than a football field. One of the most iconic games in league history. Won by the Packers thanks to one of the most iconic plays in league history. Trailing 17-14 with 16 seconds left in 13 degree below zero temperatures, Bart Starr dialed up a play that wasn't even in the Packers playbook. The late Hall of Fame quarterback recalls via NFL film. I took a timeout. I ran to the sidelines. I said, Coach, the fullback can't get up there because he's slipping and sliding. I said, I'm standing upright. I can shuffle my feet and just lunge in. And this is exactly what Coach Lombardi said, which was so typical of this man. He said, well, then run it. And let's get the hell out of here. 21-17 and a third straight NFL championship for the Packers. The teams wouldn't meet again in the playoffs until 1983, and then three straight years in the 90s, all in Dallas and all Dallas wins. The next wave of the rivalry belonged to the Packers amid controversy. January 11, 2016. Not exactly Ice Bowl 2, but that's what Fox was going with. This is the first time since 1967 that these two great franchises get together in the postseason here at Lambeau. Facing a fourth and two from the Packers' 32-yard line, trailing 26-21 with just over four minutes to play, Tony Romo lofted a pass out to Des Bryant, who appeared to put the Cowboys on the doorstep of taking the lead. Fourth down and two. Here's one down the sideline, pass caught by Des Bryant. They're going to mark him inside the one, and a brilliant catch by number 88. Green Bay is challenging the rolling on the field of a completed catch. Timeout. It'll be the biggest call of the game. It came on fourth and two. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain The result of the play was overturned, leading to a firestorm of reaction. In etching the phrase, Dez caught it into the vernacular of Cowboys fans. 
More drama in 2017, this time at Jerry World, where the Packers led 28-13 at the end of the third quarter before Dallas mounted a serious comeback. Tied at 31, Aaron Rodgers still had 35 seconds to get the Packers into scoring position. Rodgers delivered one of the most incredible throws of his Hall of Fame career. The official, the second one came in and overruled the other Jared Cook, and with three seconds left, the Packers are going to have a chance to win it. Crosby did the rest. This to send the Packers into the NFC Championship game. It is good! The Packers are moving on! And Mason Crosby, a hero for Green Bay. From star to Meredith, Favre to Aikman, and Rodgers and Romo, the next chapter of the Packers-Cowboys rivalry features Love and Prescott. If the ninth chapter is as good as the first eight, the legend of this rivalry will only grow. And coverage of the Packers and Cowboys begins with a playoff edition of Green Bay Game Day today at noon. I'm going to be back at, at 11 o'clock this morning with a WTMJ conversation with the family of 18-year-old Northwestern University student Daniel Perelman. The name may not ring a bell, but you probably remember that day in May of 2022. It was a beautiful day when a plane took off from Timmerman Airport, crashed shortly after, resulting in the death of Daniel. We're going to hear from his family today again. That's 11 o'clock this morning on WTMJ Conversations. And coming up after the news, it's David Wickert and Brian Holdman on the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. They're going to explain the consumer price index numbers that have been released this week and its effect on home prices. All ahead on WTMJ.